Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new edition of the Lashing Out Podcast and the Esports Now uh, Network. He's Kevin Quigley. I'm Jared Prugar. It's Indiana week. Penn State is on the road. They're going to Bloomington. Kevin, what are your thoughts initially on how this game's going to go? My initial thoughts is I'm not really worried. I don't think there's a lot of things that Penn State can do that would make them lose this game. Knock on wood. Yeah, and that's the thing that's, you know, we all have nightmares about Indiana in 2020. And I think that's still in the back of a lot of people's minds, um, how Penn State just handled the end of that game. Um, and you kind of have to you kind of have to go in there ready to dominate. And and if Penn State's not ready to do that, um, then that's not ideal. So I think personally, and we'll get to this a lot later in the in the podcast, the Penn State's going to handle them pretty easily, and they should. That doesn't mean they're going to, though. On paper, this should be a route. It's a 3.30 game in Bloomington. Penn State's lost two total games against the Hoosiers in their, uh, out of 25, with that one being in 2020. Let's just see what happens and see who's the quarterback on Saturday. Yeah, I think that's the biggest storyline heading into this is, you know, I I don't see any way that Sean Clifford doesn't start this game. Um, It's just a matter of at what point in time do we see Drew Aller if we do. Um, I kind of expect that we will. You know, you got the one and oh mantra from James Franklin. You're going to get that every week and. Does Sean Clifford still provide this team the best chance to win? They do. He does. So, you know, I expect to see Sean Clifford, but I also expect to see some see some Drew Aller. Any game that's not named Michigan or Ohio State, we've gotten to see him. It's been in garbage time. So, you know, maybe if they're only up two possessions with midway through the third quarter, you know, maybe we see him then, right? Maybe the game's not out of reach when he gets in, but it's kind of out of reach. Yeah, and that's the tough thing to balance. Like, I don't envy James Franklin at all um, because everybody everybody outside of the program is clamoring for Drew Aller. Everybody's kind of over Sean Clifford, and you know what? Deservedly so because we talk about it all the time about the inconsistency of Sean Clifford. That is a thing, that's and that's, you know, that's unfortunate because he's a four-year starter. There shouldn't be that many inconsistencies, but there are. That's what they have to deal with. Drew Aller has shown in certain in flashes that he's got what it takes to be a high level division one quarterback. And he shows that those stars that he got before he got to campus were warranted. So I do think that we see Drew Aller. I do think that he's going to come in after Clifford and it's going to be during a blowout, but you know, you, you kind of have to, it's a really weird predicament because you got to win now, but you're also preparing for the future. And Let's be real here. A big factor of this is can Drew Aller get paid more money elsewhere? Right? So you have to kind of tease him with playing and getting that significant playing time while also making sure he doesn't go anywhere. Not that they're, I'm saying that it's going to be the end of the world if that happens, but that's a thought that's got to be on coaches' minds now because guess what? Guys like Clifford aren't, are going to be a dime a dozen. He's a six-year guy, four-year starter. You're not going to see that because guys are going to go get their money because it's 
life in the NFL isn't a guarantee, but you have to maximize your brand, maximize your name while you can and see what happens. Yeah, I agree. And just to go back to your James Franklin point, he knows, he knows the inconsistency inconsistencies of Sean Clifford, uh, listening to his, uh, post-practice interview from Wednesday, he made a statement, you know, Sean Clifford's been making some really high end plays this season. And we just need to eliminate those four to six plays per game. You know, I, I don't want to hear any, any of the fans talking about like, Oh, he just, it's Clifford's his guy. Like, no, he understands the situation is in it's it. I just don't, I do not envy that man at all. Like you're damned. If you do, you're damned if you don't. So, and then, yeah, of course the NIL, NIL stuff can drew Aller go somewhere and maybe make more money and start right away. That's a whole nother can of worms that, you know, that might be a post a postseason talk. So yeah, just, they got to get off the bus. It can't be a James Franklin losing streak. You know, he loses a big one or loses a stinker or some sort. And then it just, they just don't rebound. And then they rattle off five straight. I mean, that's what happened in 2020 when the Michael Penix jr. Two point conversion. That wasn't, that was happened. So yeah, it's you know you lost last week and you got to get off the bus at three thirty Indiana and show up and be ready to play. Right, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that game when we come back here for the second segment of the Lashing Out Podcast and the Nittany Sports Now Network. Welcome back to the second segment of the Lashing Out Podcast and the Sports Now Network. He is Kevin Quickly. I'm Jared Prugar. Kevin, back home again in Indiana, right? It's known for fast pace. It's known for fast. The whole state is. It, it's the home of auto racing and the Indy 500, the Brickyard 400. And I love, I love NASCAR. I love racing. But we're here for a football game. And I would expect Penn State to be fast and up-tempo. But also, what you have to worry about being fast is the wind gusts. There's a severe wind warning or wind advisory for the game and for Bloomington. And it's a situation where you got to be worried about that. You got to be cognizant of that because that's going to change a lot of things in the game. It is. And not only is it going to be windy, it's going to have rained all morning i think there's even a 58 percent chance of rain from this morning i was reading the weather channel 58 percent chance of rain at three o'clock so not only is it going to be windy but that ball could be wet i mean this has sloppy game written all over it um you know who knows who knows the conditions it's not going to be keen for passing i don't think i think it's going to be a very run dominant i mean you're you're gonna have to pass to you know, you can't just run the ball every play, but being able to run effectively is going to be key. And Indiana's rush defense is ranked 83rd in the nation, giving up 155 yards a game. That's that's bottom, what, bottom third, bottom half, bottom half of college of D1. So, you know, if Penn State can get Nick Singleton and Katron Allen going, if Kevon Lee is back from injury, they got three guys that they're rolling, just keeping them fresh. You have to think if 
you know, they might put up 200 yards on the ground. If they do that, they're going to control the clock, control the pace of the play, control the game. They're not going to let Indiana's turbo offense get on the field. So I think that'll be the keys. Can they get their running game going and control the clock? Yeah, I mean that's imperative. They have to they have to run the football. I think Katron Allen's gonna get another chance to start and, and really Jawan Sider or J1 Sider, I, I should say, um, talked earlier this week with the media about them being a one A, one B kind of co starters. Um, and they have been. Him and Katron or Katron Allen and Nick Singleton have been phenomenal this year as freshmen. They've come in, lived up to the hype, which is something, you know, we've talked about this before, but they they're prospects that have lived up to the hype, and you don't always see that. Right. They've they've been everything that we expected them to be coming on coming into campus. Um, and that, that's been exactly what they've what Penn State has needed. They've established the run and they need to do that again. And that whether that means it's using Sean Clifford's legs, Singleton's legs, Catron Allen's legs, whoever's legs, you gotta establish a run early, keep Indiana off the field, and really just take control of the game from the beginning. If they throw the ball more than 30 times tomorrow and the wind is atrocious, then you're going to see a situation like Northwestern. It's going to be sloppy. The ball is going to be on the field. And Sean Clifford is going to look like Sean Clifford in the first quarter against Ohio State. Not good at all. So you have to come out, establish that run game so that it's going to open up the pass whenever you decide to do it. But, you know, another question mark going into the game is Kevon Lee. You know, if he can get healthy and he, if he is able to play, I think he's he's pretty close. Now, we didn't see him Wednesday at practice. We're never – if you follow Penn State practices and Penn State media availability on Wednesday, you're never – we're never going to see anything other than what we see. And it's not going to be anything significant. We see team drills. We see ball disruption, ball security. We see some group drills, and that's it. We don't necessarily see – certain players we don't see a lot of a lot of things they keep everything close to the vest that's just the way that it is in college sports that's why james franklin says nothing about injuries and we must like it right so i don't know the status of kevon lee coming into saturday's game against indiana but what i am excited to see is can nick singleton and katron allen continue their success now let's Let's transition into Indiana because Indiana is struggling. They're they're that team that you think is going to be good every year, and they start off kind of good, and then it's like, oh, well, here we go again, and it's not a good situation. Yeah, I mean, they started off hot. I mean, the Illinois win seems like a good win right now. You know, maybe Illinois lost the game. Indiana won it. Who knows? But – their other two wins this year are Idaho and Western Kentucky. They're three and five overall. They've lost their last five games. Their offense is 106th in the nation. Their pass offense was really their biggest strength, you know, 44th in the nation right here. And they just lost their top receiver to a torn ACL cam, cam camper. And if it's going to be windy and their best threat is under the knife for surgery and not on the field. You just have to think Penn State's defense can just take over this game, put their quarterback, um, you know, cut, put Connor uh, Connor in some tough situations, force him, you know, a lot of turn, maybe not necessarily a lot of turnovers, but a lot of punts, a lot of three and outs where they can just absolutely control this game. 
And yeah, then, I mean, they got to dial it up. And you have to be aggressive on defense and force them to make mistakes. You mentioned Indiana and Idaho and Western Kentucky. They they started out 3-0, and they've lost their last five. Now, in those games, they got beat. They got beat by 21 against at Cincinnati. So that's an AAC school. A Big Ten school should never I, – I understand Cincinnati's good. A Big Ten school never should never lose by 21 to an AAC school. They lost at Nebraska. At Nebraska, they lost by 14 points. They lost by 21 to Michigan. They lost – that Michigan game was at home. Um, and they lost by five to, to Maryland and then seven to Rutgers last week. That was at Rutgers. East Piscataway is a rough place to play. Just kidding. Now, so they've gotten better in recent weeks, but I just don't think they have what it takes to stick with Penn State on the field. But Penn State's got to take care of business. The issue that Penn State and, – and, and I, as much as I love to make fun of Pat Narduzzi because it's really easy to do uh, with some of the stuff that he says and stuff that comes out of his, his mouth, and, and he's, that's not different than any other coach, but he said that we're undefeated because we beat only ourselves this year. That fits Penn State, too. Now, Penn State didn't necessarily beat themselves against Michigan, but they definitely beat themselves against Ohio State. But Penn State can't come out and make those same mistakes that they did against Northwestern where they're putting the ball on the ground and doing things like that. Because if they do that, it's just a situation that's not going to be good. Do I think that they'll still win? Absolutely. But you've got to come out and take care of your own business. I think they're going to start flat like they typically do on the road but then they're going to turn it on. And when they turn it on, it should go well for them. But again, you have to minimize mistakes. And if they're able to do that, then they have a very good chance of turning this one sour really quick. Yeah. And if they don't, like if they start off flat and the defense isn't there to bail them out, you don't really want to get behind. I mean, it's a big 10 road game. You don't want to get behind that opponent. Even if we're, even as lesser as we think they are. If you start giving them confidence, they part, start playing with some swagger, bad things could happen. So I hope I hope they get off the bus and, you know, first two offensive drives aren't three and outs or turnovers. I mean. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned confidence, right? You mentioned you can't give the other team confidence early in the game. And if they do that, then it's a recipe for disaster. But if Penn State can, can come out when either – you know, receive the ball or whatever they do on on defense. They can come out, force a three and out on defense, and find the scoreboard uh, first. I think it's going to bode well for them moving forward. But if they don't and they don't play complimentary football, that's that's a that's a can of worms that they don't want to get involved in. And it, and Indiana is far and away not a not better than Penn State. So you have to come out, handle your business. And if they're able to do that, regardless of the situations with the weather or the circumstances with the weather and who's hurt, who's not hurt, they should be able to take care of their own business. Yeah. And just go back to complimentary football. They've got a couple of playmakers on defense. You know, they're not probably first round talent level, but they've got the son McCulloch. He's got a, he's a linebacker with four sacks. They've got a defensive back with three sacks. So, I mean, they're going to be dialing up some weird pressures. And they forced 10 fumbles this season. They've recovered five of them. That ball's wet. It's windy. We're running the ball a lot. 
it's something you're just going to have to step on their throat and squash them like a bug early because if if that defense starts getting some momentum, it's just not going to bode well potentially. Right, and so like you have to control momentum. You have to control the pace of the game. And if Penn State can stay in control, they're going to be just fine. But, again, you have to be able to, to stay in control and and do that from the outset. If you're able to do that on the road, I, th- I think good things are going to happen for them. You know, I think the other thing, and we can, we're going to get into this here uh, in the third segment, is that there's just so much more football to be played, right? And that starts at Indiana Saturday afternoon in Bloomington. You know, they played in windy situations there before. Uh, in 2018, it was pretty windy. I, I remember being out there for that. Um, but again, just go out there, take care of business, and Penn State – should not only win, but win easily. And if they're able to do that, they get Aller in the game, they get everything that they want to get out of the game accomplished. And I think that's exactly what Penn State needs. I I agree. What we, we agree. That's that's so much there's so much agreement. That's great. There so is. let's so I don't know if we agree on this, but let's agree to take this into a break. And then we'll catch you guys on the flip side for the third and final segment of the Lashing Out Podcast and Indy Sports Now Network. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Lashing Out Podcast. He's Kevin Quigley. I'm Jared Prugar. Kevin. Let's talk Indiana just for a couple more minutes, and then we'll get to the rest of the season. And and, and it's really weird that I want to talk about the rest of the season, but, you know, it, it's it's necessary. What are your expectations for Penn State? What's your idea, you know, leading into, into Saturday's contest? 80% of me wants to say Penn, Indiana, Penn State by 40 over Indiana. I just got that 20% of doubt in me that it's just going to be some sort of slug fest, like 24, 20, uh, current spreads, 13 and a half. I really want to just say, just hammer that like 15, 18, 20 points at least, but we'll see those, the weather conditions, like we saw in the Northwestern game, I believe that was ended up being a 10 point game and it should, you know, that was opponent. They shouldn't have only beaten by 10 points. So, yeah, we'll see. I expect this game to be a blowout. I would not be shocked if it was a lot closer because of the weather. Um, but in our prediction piece on NittanySportsNow.com, I have Penn State winning 49 and Indiana um, scoring 14 points. Um, it's It looks like it has every inclination of being a trap game coming off a devastating loss to Ohio State. But I think Penn State's just far and away better team. And, you know, the win Indiana had against Penn State in 2020 was just an absolute fluke. Uh, Penn State loses, like, every running back ever. And then, obviously, Penix and his conversion that wasn't a conversion and everything like that. So, I think Penn State handles it easily. But, again, there's so much more football to be played. You know, Penn State's lost two games, right? They've lost to Michigan in a in a just just an absolute embarrassment. And they lost to Ohio State where they competed for 50 minutes and were the better team for 50 minutes. 
And now you've got the rest of the season. You've got Indiana, Maryland next week. Then you've got Rutgers and Michigan State. Well, none of them, you know, are playing the great, playing very great football right now. So, you know, you, you kind of have to take everything with a grain of salt. Penn State has the opportunity to control their own destiny with two losses. Two with probably the honestly, you know, if you're if you're looking at and I love I love ESPN because they just make shit up, right? Like strength of record, which is how likely would they be to beat this team or whatever? And I think that's bullshit because it's not strength of schedule or anything like that. Like strength of schedule matters, right? Like Penn State's strength of schedule is tough when because you have Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, you know, Ohio State, right? So they've their two biggest their two losses come to teams that are ranked inside the top five, and you know there's still so much more to be played. Now, I understand that they don't play a ranked team on the schedule yet. Maryland might be, depending on how things go for them this weekend. Um, but the world is not ending. The season is not over. There's still so much more game and and everything to, to be played heading into these final four games of the season. Yeah, this this is the this is the start of the rest of the season. This is where you're gonna find out what this team's made of. You have that heartbreaking loss. I mean, really heartbreaking minute of the Ohio State game that just breaks everybody's backs, ruins morale of myself watching it. I'm sure the team was devastated on the sidelines and on the field. So it's just going to be important to them. Come out, get off the bus, beat Indiana handily, roll into those last three games of the season. Two of them are at home. The third one is on the road at Rutgers, which might as well be a home game light. And, you know, they go 4-0 and through the rest of the season. They finish 10-2. and They're looking at a really good bowl game. Drew Aller's probably played a lot of reps at this point in time. Hopefully they can win the bowl game. Bowl games really don't matter at this point, it seems like. But then they roll into next year. So I, th- I think this is the success over the next four weeks and through winter practices up leading up to the bowl game is really going to set the tone for what happens in 2023. You know, it's funny to say that bowl games don't matter because they really don't because a lot of players are going to opt out. And I'd be interested to see, you know, how that impacts Penn State. I know last year, I mean, nobody wanted to play in the Outback Bowl, but if they get to, say, the Orange Bowl or a bowl like that, I think there is a very good chance of them, you know, not many people are going to say no to that, right? And I would love a trip to Miami, you know, in December. That would be great. Um, Road trip, right? I'll pick you up on the way. But – but, you know, there's so much – and this is where, you know, James Franklin has to do his best coaching, right? Because you're you're trying to win now but also develop for next year. And I think that they'll be able to make that happen because I think they're going to blow out Indiana and Aller's going to get time. They, I think they'll be competitive – more competitive against Maryland uh, solely because Maryland's a pretty good football team. I think they're only 6-2 and two as well. So they should be getting votes, and that very well might be a ranked matchup. They've got Wisconsin this week. So if they're able to, to handle Michigan – or I'm sorry, Wisconsin this weekend, they'll be – I think they'll move up into you know the top 25, depending on what happens in front of them. But then you've got Rutgers and Michigan State. Now, Michigan State is a rivalry game. It's for the prestigious land-grant trophy. And, you know, maybe – and it's the battle of the tunnels, right? The tunnel brawl. 
So luckily you don't have to worry about that with those two teams any, uh, because there aren't any tunnels at Beaver Stadium that they can even remotely come out of at the same time. Um, but, you know, there's just so much more football to pl- be played, and I think it's going to be good football on Penn State's behalf, which I think is exactly what they need to ride that momentum, you know, into, into bowl season. And it's not the bowl games that matter. It's the bowl prep that matters. It's getting those extra practices, that extra month of practices really – you know, for those underclassmen, for guys like Drew Aller, like Nick Singleton and Katron Allen and young guys like that, that that's really going to benefit them developmentally, you know, leading into the rest of the season and even into next year, which I think is ultimately the goal here. And it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, because I think Penn State's got the potential to win all four um, of the of the next four games. But I think at times, you know, it, it, that might not happen. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out um, and see how things go from here. Yeah, and just to follow up on that, Maryland is currently quote ranked, quote unquote ranked twenty eighth. So their Texas, Kentucky are ahead of them. Kentucky, if you know if they win this, are they are they playing this week? I don't even know. Can't say I'm paying a whole lot of attention to the Kentucky Wildcats, but uh. Yeah, that definitely could be a ranked match going into next week. So, yeah, I think we just got to – they got to be ready to play. 3.30 ABC tomorrow. They've, they've got to just come ready because if not, you're looking, you're looking at a slide. You're right. Kentucky plays – Kentucky plays Missouri. But you're right. Penn State has to has to limit the, limit the damage. They got to come out and play just like they did against Maryland. And if they are able to do that, it will be a victorious Saturday in Bloomington, Indiana, home of the Indiana Hoosiers. So, Kevin, that's all we've got for today. Let's get excited. Let's get ready for the game. See what Penn State has for the Hoosiers. See what the Hoosiers have for Penn State. And you know what? Let's see what happens. Here we go. Penn State by 40. Well, there you have it, folks. Kevin's overconfident. Let's see if if that if his bubble doesn't burst uh, within the next few days. We'll talk to you again after the game. So for Kevin Quigley, this has been Jared Prugar on the Nittany Sports Now Network and the Lashing Out Podcast. We'll catch you again next week.